Hark the bardic paladin Who sings and plays again He tells the tales of glory And weaves a magic story He'll join you at your table And ask you to share a fable Heroes of humble origin Villains who must be fought again No matter their skill or prowess The people in life are countless so we pray you heed our request. Enjoy this tale of sidekicks and sidequests. Episode 42 Lima, the Tabaxi Librarian. Welcome to Sidekicks and Sidequests the Dungeons & Dragons podcast that helps to put humans back into humanity and breathe life into your campaign NPCs with backstory and bravado. That's right, we're building a world, one character at a time. I am your host, Kurt Krenwelge, the Bardic Paladin, and I'll be joining Kia Young's table in the Levitating Platter. Well, hello everyone. Welcome to another guest exclusive special episode i am joined by a wonderful colleague from my work and probably arguably maybe an even bigger DD nerd than me <laughs> so why don't you go ahead and uh introduce yourself to our audience and tell us what it is that you do um i'm kia young i um technically work in the legal department for our company but right now i'm managing our um systems that we use instead of more of the contracting aspect of it which i really enjoy more so yeah cool in my free time i'm a huge nerd so, <laughs> so <laughs> which i'm sure everybody can relate to for the most part right this is like a softball question, but do you currently or have you ever played Dungeons and Dragons? Oh God, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm currently involved in four D and D campaigns and then one additional RPG campaign. Okay, and I hope that we'll be able to get some more details out of that oh, yeah. later. But it's a superhero campaign, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Absolutely. Which is a podcast as well, but, um, you know, we listened to a lot of D&D podcasts and decided that there's not a, like, we wanted to do something mm -hmm. to put out there, but, um, and to use this, you know, creative instinct that this party has, and there's just not a lot of superhero podcasts out, so Fair we decided to go that route, and it's been an amazing learning experience, mm -hmm. so, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. As a past actor performing really helps me kind of get through life i guess and gives me that creative output that i really need mm -hmm. and podcasting is really that just without a live audience i guess so <laughs> right so that was acting as in like uh, high school and college then is what you're talking yeah. about yeah and i did a lot of community theater but uh i stopped for my own personal reasons and then just never kind of got back into it it takes a lot of time. And now that sure. I'm married and have a household to maintain and sure, and a, a full-time job. So. <laughs> right. Understandable. Yeah. Uh, I know, yes, the, uh, the podcast that you've been a superhero on has been very interesting to listen to. I think, you know, forgive me, but the last thing I knew is you guys were running around the sewers with the inky ball trying to lead <laughs> you the way. So I have to jump back in now that I've got all this free time to be listening to podcasts yeah. and stuff. So Oh, it's hard to keep up. There's so many podcasts. It's so 
many things to listen to Mm -hmm. and it's honestly sometimes I'm not even aware I try to listen to our own episodes but it's not always the easiest because of time but Mm. and plus I know what happened it's always interesting to hear the outcome but I also want to listen to other podcasts and there's only so many hours in the day so sure until we can get to that point in the matrix where we can just download into the back of our brain and be like oh I know every podcast that's ever happened oh my gosh that would be crazy it would that would be crazy it would be very crazy Well, before we get too sidetracked in our nerdiness, (laughs) we have to ask the question, do you happen to have a favorite NPC character from an RPG, video game, etc., and why are they your favorite NPC character? Okay, so I'm a little different in my, I guess, uh, classification of NPCs. And the only reason, because you and I had talked about this kind of previously, but um, like the one that I can think of off the top of my mind that really just kind of sticks in my memory is your horse from Red Dead Redemption 2. Aww. And the reason I say this is because you play that game and it's so immersive. And the horse doesn't have that big of a story. It's not like they have any lines. They don't talk to you or anything like that. But he or she is always there. Mm -hmm. And Arthur, who you play in Red Dead Redemption 2, has such a good relationship with the horse. Especially if it's a horse that you've had for some time. Good boy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So if you've had this horse for a while, like he really does build up that relationship. And it's this beautiful thing. And then, um, spoiler alert for those who haven't played the game, something happens. I cried. I had to stop the game. I like that kind of thing. I like the NPCs in the games that Mm -hmm. they add that they don't have to have lines to make you feel something. To me, I feel like that is like the most artistic and loving thing. Thing is this creature that you cannot really communicate with or it can communicate back but they still can build that beautiful relationship it's pretty much always my favorite hello everyone i just want to take a moment to tell you about my first ever sponsor plus one exp tony vicinda is the mastermind behind this trifecta of triumph he produces tabletop themed beard balms beard themed tabletop rpgs and helps to support additional tabletop content creators on Patreon. Now, each of his beard balms is flavored after the basic stats from D&D. Do you need some strength for your beard? Why, apply and feel yourself empowered with the scent of pine and cedar with a minty edge. If you're feeling rather charismatic, apply a balm of sweet-smelling amber, clove, and pipe tobacco. Each one of these balms is unique in its makeup. And of course, don't forget, Tony developed a whole RPG that allows you to harness your facial ferocity and hair-raising adventures. You can snag a copy of that game as well as a style stencil, enamel pen, or a map of the Whiskerverse. And finally, aside from all of the awesome interviews and actual plays Tony has on Plus One EXP, every purchase you make feeds into the Plus One Forward program, which supports small indie content creators to continue making amazing tabletop RPG content. So head on over to plusonexp.com. That's plus one spelled out and exp.com in order to shop for these bombs and games and more. And when you go to check out, use my affiliate code Randolph to save some coin on your purchase and to help support sidekicks and sidequests. How else do you think our tavern keeper at the Levitating Platter is going to keep his silver beard so awesome? Once again, the code is Randolph, like how it's spelled on episode two and his write-up, in order to save on your order and help support the show. 
So thank you so much. And now back to the podcast. You were explaining that uh, some of the best NPCs, some of the best storytelling that can happen in a game or a film or a movie or a book or whatever is sometimes people just being in a scene or, you know, in this case, creatures being in a scene, not having any lines of dialogue, but you can feel their performance yeah. or their their whole character come out just by them being there. Yeah, and, and maybe that's something I very much feel that, but I've, I also feel that um, for theater, like on the stage stage. You don't have to have lines to be able to transmit an emotion, right? Mm-hmm. Or a feeling to your audience. And so I had a high school or like one act um, competition group, like the teacher that we had for that, our director, she was very adamant about even if you're an extra and you're in the background, like you still need to have a purpose. You still need to have a life. You still need to have a story because that's going to give definition to everything. Mm-hmm. And I feel that same way about some NPCs, right. but it's the ones I feel like a lot of NPC relationships are kind of forced, but it's the ones where you build that relationship and it's built off of trust like Arthur and his horse that just it really means a lot to me I'm a big person about trust Mm -hmm. um, and so maybe that's what it is but yeah Well, I think your teacher's ethos, I think, has influenced this show because I want every NPC that we create and give out to the wider D&D community to feel like they have a whole flesh and blood story and they're not just right. someone who's randomly pulled out of a Dungeon Master's imagination to fulfill a plot point or a plot hook. Right. If I'm not mistaken, I think they said in Skyrim, like every NPC has like scripted activity and you could like follow them around and they would like literally lead a life of you know of someone's going in oh someone's having an affair with this person or oh this person's just (laughs) gonna go in the smithing and go make some iron ore and then they're gonna go home and sleep yeah i have put so many hours into skyrim (laughs) i need to put hours into red dead redemption too is what i need to do i've set that aside so good it's so good, I agree. I've set it aside because I'm all Fallout 76 all the time because I've been having so much fun with that game, but I agree. Oh, hey, I mean, I have been sinking a lot of time right now into Animal Crossing New Horizons. Oh, so there we go. I understand that, which some people, they weren't expecting me to like such a game mm-hmm. being a heavy gamer, but um, you know, it's just kind of relaxing to be able to stop and just run around and pluck flowers and what have you but no i mean even um not that i need a more recent game than red dead 2 but uh death stranding that was released mm-hmm. i guess late last year mm-hmm. or early this year time is irrelevant <laughs> gosh yeah right now it really really is but uh even bb is like one of my favorite characters in that game and he has really no lines except for he just giggles every like especially like if you go into the snow he starts giggling and it's just so childlike mm-hmm and real because that part of it and you don't half the time you don't even see him because you're looking at the back of the the character Mm -hmm. yeah and he and bb's in the front but it's just like little reminders like that that i just really enjoy out of npcs like just that extra little thing not really forced Mm -hmm. and a fleshed out kind of personality so before we move on to the next question i do have to ask what clever name did you give your horse in red dead redemption 2 roach Roach? Okay. To call back to the Witcher. (laughs) Okay. I went with a more comical name. My horse's name is Horse Radish. Oh, okay. That was kind of dumb, but I just thought it was funny. That's actually really cute. We go out into the wild and go hunting and avoid the story missions as long as we can. 
Yeah, I'm I'm really bad about that. And I've, I've got like 300 hours in The Witcher 3. And so I'm really attached to that storyline. And mm-hmm. I do like fantasy for a lot. But um, that's why I named the horse Roach. In Red Dead Redemption 2, like some of the gang affiliations that they have in the game will like, they'll attack you when you're going down the street. And I'll mm. never forget because my husband and I were playing it at the same time because we're both gamers. Mm. And he had had a struggle where he had lost his horse and he mm. lost like, he was going to lose like an hour's worth of playtime or something like that to be able to get the horse back. Mm-hmm. And so he just decided, screw it, whatever. And he just stopped playing because he was like, I just don't even want to mess with it. And then I was, it was like two days later and I was trying to get to a new part on the map and I'm going down this road, not really paying any mind. And I get waylaid by a group of bandits who knock me unconscious, right? Oh, so no. I wake up, I've lost some money. No big deal. I can get that back. Uh, but my horse is gone. Mm. Can't find my horse. And so I was like, well. <laughs> whistle, 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 whistle. And it did whistle. A different horse came back. Because I had like this white horse at the time. Mm. And this brown horse comes up. And I was like, nope. <laughs> no, a good lesson to remember to save often, everyone. <laughs> yes. Uh, but, yeah. But c'est la vie. So as we continue on with our questions here, what's yep. been one of your favorite side quests from RPG, video game, etc., and why has been your favorite? That's a really hard question. There are so many side quests out there. And I can't, I don't want to say any one in particular, because the side quests that I tend to like the most are, you know what, I'll use this for an example. I run a campaign that we're subscribed to a service that sends us campaign modules every month. And it's this whole storyline, and that's the one that I run Mm -hmm. for a couple friends who've, you know, some that have never played before. And it's been really interesting because the book only gives you, like, the nitty-gritty kind of rundown of the story, and then you kind of have to flesh out the world of characters, right? Mm -hmm. So... I'm sure people can understand already. I'm really big about fleshing out characters, whether they're big characters or not. So Mm -hmm. I ended up making this character that was part of the caravan of peril (laughs) storyline that they were following at the time. Okay. And it was just supposed to be a person who owned this caravan that was trying to make it to the town. But I made her Mariella and she sold potions out of her caravan. And she was in charge of feeding the player's who were guarding the caravan. But somehow something occurred that one of the players did. One of the players was upset with her and didn't trust her because why would she just be feeding them? And so he was really mistrustful of her. So there was this whole me creating this side quest and Mariella trying to convince him that she was not trying to poison him. (laughs) And so she was like sneaking away from the camp to try to go find better ingredients. And so he was like sneaking around following her. And it was just like this whole thing that just I felt like almost got out of control because it was because it was just like him and her and I was like why are you doing this but I'm down with it like Mm -hmm. I can I can roll with this but yeah it was just like this whole side quest of my NPC trying to find better ingredients and he was super suspicious of it and started following her around and oh man and I only did it because he was watching her like peeping in on her caravan trying to keep an eye on what she was doing and so I was like you see her quietly leaving her caravan and sneaking off into the woods. It's the side quests that fill out more of a story that if you wouldn't have done it, it's not going to hurt the main storyline, but mm. it really adds just more that just fleshes out the game more. That's 
that's things that I like the most. Awesome. And then as we finish out the personal interview section, what are you passionate about and why? I am passionate, I guess, about role-playing. And maybe that's because it comes from my theater background and I've been in, I was in theater for so long. Mm -hmm. But being able to set yourself aside and play somebody else for some time, especially with a group of people, is just an amazing experience. And being able to be somebody else, being somebody who's brave and athletic and and can do all these amazing feats, and I can't. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I'm, I'm very highly passionate about playing tabletop RPGs, hence me being in so many campaigns all at once but Mm -hmm. yeah I'd have to say that and you know I love my house family and my dogs and my husband and yeah awesome well I think this is the perfect segue then (laughs) to make an NPC yes all right so I think before we started rolling you said you were down uh you were showing off to the camera uh you the podcast (laughs) listeners can't see this with your ears but she has some exquisite dice towers that uh she recently participated in a kickstarter for and so she said oh i would like to roll randomly for a character so we're going to utilize some dice towers and some d20s and whatnot we're going to make up a character Uh, is that correct yes sir all right well as i look here on my list the first thing we need to determine is a name for the character so if you'd like to roll a d20 We can get a name. Okay. 14. 14. Lima. L-I-M-A. Lima. Lima. I like it. Okay. Now, what is going to be this character's ancestry? We need to get a D100, so I guess two D10s. Okay. What did I do with my other D10? Ugh, dice sometimes. They just disappear. There it is. There it is. 13. 13. A tabaxi. Really? Really. It came up tabaxi. I'm not kidding you. Yes. Yes. I wanted to play a tabaxi in the last campaign I joined and I was told no because they were like demigods in that world. So I was like, gosh. Wow. Okay. Super excited guest today, folks. This is awesome. (laughs) Now we need to figure out what is their job or role. So this is going to be a regular D10. Okay. Seven. Seven. This was a response given by our previous guest, Kenneth Vigu of the Chad of Fallout 76 podcast, Librarian. So Lima, <gasps> the librarian. This is amazing. All right. Awesome. I'm a big reader, so woohoo. And now we need to figure out the age of this character. So let's go ahead and roll a D8. Four. Four. An adult. So just a normal adult tabaxi that's a librarian. Okay. Okay, and now we get to pause with the dice rolling, and now let's describe the physical appearance of Lima. I, as a tabaxi, she's a cat person. Mm-hmm. What I'm envisioning for this librarian tabaxi is like a slender calico. Okay. With, where she's got like a, like the brownish orange, like on her forehead, and the, the kind of white face with this cute little black nose, and kind of slender, but really big like doughy eyes that are green oh is there a particular garb or anything that she wears attending this library i would say something simplistic i wouldn't say a skirt because (laughs) 
I'm just imagining her when there's like nobody in the library, her taking snoozes on top of bookshelves. So <laughs> no, no, no skirts or anything like that, but just like maybe like loose um, garb, but still like nice and neat and kind of tidy. Okay, awesome. And then let's describe Lima with three adjectives. A pulse of compass, uh, com- a pulse. <laughs> what is that word? Why can't I not think Obsessive of what it is? Obsessive compulsive. Obsessive compulsive. Okay. Quiet. Cats are generally quiet. I would agree. Yes. And stubborn. Interesting. Okay. Very cool. Now we get to go back to some dice rolling. Now that we're even more informed of the character, we need to determine what's a valuable item or a lore, a secret, or an ideal or concept that this character ascribes to. So first we're going to roll a D4 to figure out the category. Four. Four. Okay. So this is an ideal or concept. So now you get to roll a regular D6. Two. Two. So that would be a spouse or partner. So there is someone in her life that she cares very deeply about. Then that is her valuable. Okay. Okay. And then the last thing that we're going to work on is the particular quest that Lima would be willing to hire player characters to go on. So you get to roll the D12. (laughs) Two. Two. Hmm. Well... (laughs) I well, I mean, this could very well come into play. I you're a DM and you're a player, so you're creative. According to that, sent in by our uh, previous guest Kevin J. James, the side quest would be to fix the dam. <laughs> fix the dam? Mm-hmm. So is it possible, perhaps, that this library is adjacent to a major river? Or do you think that's a good side quest? Or do you feel so inspired mm. by this character to kind of come up with your own? I would think, like, trying to think of how to incorporate that valuable spouse, that's something that she holds so important, obviously, mm-hmm. and the fact that she's a librarian and that the quest is to fix the dam. In my mind, as I'm just trying to think about it, mm-hmm. I can almost see it being like maybe her spouse works at the dam. Okay. Like trying to help maintain it, but something's gone wrong. Okay. Maybe there's a leak and he's stuck on an island and he can't swim or, you know, maybe the library itself is in danger of being flooded. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. So the spouse works at the dam and maintains it, but something's Mm -hmm. gone wrong. The spouse is out of the picture and is unable to repair the dam and... And I would say even unable to return. Oh, okay. Because being like this quiet kind of obsessive compulsive person, like if it was just fix the dam, then she may not, besides wanting to relieve her spouse, I suppose, but for her to kind of come out of either come out of her library or try to, you know, propagate adventures coming into her library because adventures can be uh, destructive. So I could see her not exactly being enthused about a bunch of adventures coming into her library. But Mm -hmm. yeah, so I would think of like, he's trapped and he can't come back. And so she's like really kind of coming out of her shell almost to come get these adventures to help fix the dam so her spouse can come back. And so it kind of saves, maybe come saves her library or... uh, Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so it's kind of a combination of like, we've got to rescue the spouse, the husband, and in doing so, we'll fix the dam and we'll ensure that the library and the town respectively doesn't get flooded out and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay, so what's going to be the reward for succeeding on this quest? A rare book. 
Ooh, interesting. Do you think like just a rare book as far as like non-magical or magical means? I would think magical means. Okay, because there's quite a number of those in the Dungeon Master's Guide. So pretty good way to drop one of those in their laps, I suppose. Yeah, I would think like a rare book that could either of magical qualities or even a book about more rare magical beasts and like information that's been gathered on them so that they could potentially, you know, go get some good loot. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, So certainly up to a dungeon master's discretion. Yeah. But yeah, that'd be good. Either way to give them a really cool magical book or, hey, here's a specialized lore book on something that you're hunting in the main quest or something. Yeah. Okay. Oh, and I can imagine as a DM, I would almost want to place it as here's this book about this creature that you don't know you might not even know about yet but you Mm. like as a dm like you've set that for a thing that they're gonna battle in the future kind of like a foreshadowing kind of aspect that could be useful because the character's gonna be like what is this and then here you are months later and it comes into play quick quick, where is it in the bag where is it in the bag (laughs) like didn't we get a book for that (laughs) yeah how convenient All right, and now we have to examine the flip side of this. So what's going to be the consequence of failure and what's going to be the consequence of refusing the call? So consequence of failure is going to be that, like, I would think probably death of the spouse by drowning or something like that, right? Because the water is going to overflow and possibly some destruction of the town. Okay. Which is why the reward is, you know, what it is. Right. So do you think those are one and the same as far as like if they Pretty fail much. to retrieve the husband and they fail to repair the dam or they just outright are like, meh, we're too busy. We don't want to deal with it. It's just same thing's going to happen regardless. Yeah. Yeah. Although who knows, maybe they rescue the husband, but they fail to repair the dam in time. At least it's not as bad, I suppose. Yeah, like if, because I, and that's the thing, as a, I feel like as a DM, you have to be mindful of your players and how they can get creative to solve an issue. Mm. And you may have players who decide that saving the more is better than saving the one. So they're like, well, we can't, with everything going on, we can't save the spouse, but we can save the city from flooding, which could potentially save multiple lives. Mm. And so I feel like there's always got to be that risk reward of, um, as long as they're trying to be creative on how. And, and catering to that with your players and not punishing them too bad when right. things go wrong. But Maybe they repair the dam, but it's shoddy, so it stops most of the water from coming through, yeah. but only like two buildings get destroyed instead of like yeah. 15. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What are her goals and motivations and how do they affect her general personality? <laughs> I would think like one of her goals as a librarian is just like kind of acquiring more and more tomes, especially a rare qualities like I would think that she as a tabaxi she would kind of like take pride in collecting these things and in my brain I'm even kind of seeing her because I I do this when I get a book and I'm really excited about it like I kind of just like appreciate the book for its aesthetic value as well and sometimes like I can't begin to tell you how much I love the smell of a good book like (laughs) so I can see as a cat like her as a tabaxi like her kind of appreciating that and even almost like rubbing it against her face her whiskers yes like her just loving loving books okay awesome yeah Let's see, are there different ways that she interacts with different people? Does this include like an accent or a a particular language or idiosyncrasy? 
I would say that she, unless there's a lot of other tabaxi around, I'm going to assume in my brain, her spouse is not a tabaxi. Like, because I've always kind of pictured tabaxi of being like this rare um, kind of breed of a cognizant being, right? So um, that's the way I've always just kind of viewed tabaxis. In my brain, she's kind of one of a few, if any, others in this town. And so, but she still has those cat-like qualities where personal space, like her personal space is fairly large, like a cat, <laughs> but other people's personal space doesn't really matter. So like if she smells something interesting, then she's going to kind of get closer and, you know, that kind of thing that could set a normal person kind of on edge. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't realize that what she's doing is so, <laughs> is so oddly perceived. Okay. Normal speaking, you know, probably quietly in a library, I suppose, yeah, and yeah. and all that. Okay, so good typical librarian. So she's not going to be loud <laughs> and obnoxious in her own library. Yeah, no. Yeah, I kind of expect her to, you know, like shush people if they're being too loud or kind of gently remind them to be quiet. But And I cannot, for the life of me, do a voice because in my head I kind of expect it almost to be like where she's talking almost around her fang. So she's got almost a little bit of a lisp, mm-hmm. but not. I can't do that for the life of me but okay yeah what impact has lima made on the world how has she shaped the local area and are there any problems that she's dealing with that prevent her from being an even bigger player on the stage Oh, I would say that one of the things that she provides is like I because of the fact that she likes to collect rare tomes and stuff like wizards and magic users tend to come by and to try to peruse and learn and and that kind of thing. But she doesn't get to be a bigger player because she really loves this library. Her spouse is in charge, you know, is like works on that dam and it's very important. And if that dam wasn't working right then her library would be destroyed. So it's kind of like this win-win situation and as well as the fact that she's like very OCD. So she finds it kind of hard to leave the library unless everything's in its right place. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's got to have that right like feel to it. And so she's always worried about leaving the library and leaving it into somebody else's hands. I see. And does she have a propensity for pushing glasses over off the edges of tables if they're precariously near the edge? As long as there's not a book nearby (laughs) fair enough fair enough all right well i think we've learned a lot about our character so why don't we go ahead and head into a random encounter all right so now we get to activate your theater powers and we get to role play a scene with Lima. And so I'm okay. wondering who we should have in this scene. I have at least two different NPC adventurers. I have Duncan, who's the good boy, and I have Sonia, who's kind of the more badass of them, I suppose. And Ooh. so I have two adventurer characters I can give to you to play in a scene, or I could just have, I don't know, or whatever kind of scene you think would be good to use here. Hmm. How about we roll a d20, and if it's an even number, it's your, the loud, because you said there was like the one that's loud and rambunctious, and the other one, which was the other one? So Duncan is the good boy, and Sonia is like the warrior woman. Okay, so evens, it's Sonia. Okay. Odds, it's Duncan. All right. Yeah? All right. Leave it up to the dice. Odd. Odd. So that would be... Duncan. Okay, Duncan. Okay, so I have to think, where was he on his last (laughs) adventure? Just want to take a moment to recognize another sponsor of the show. 
Reaper Miniatures. They have been Texas Titans of the tabletop industry since 1994. They're right here in my backyard, and they have an amazing warehouse and game store. They make everything from paints to gaming accessories. Stream on Twitch with tutorials and interviews, and host the ReaperCon. This year, back in person from September 2nd to 5th, 2021 in Denton, Texas. Whatever system you're running, whatever game you're playing, Reaper has a miniature that has you covered. Want to include Randolph in your game? Then might I suggest looking at their catalog for SKU number 77661. Perhaps you need a Lord Grubbub. Check out SKU 02646. Are you in the market for your very own Skink Knows the Lich? Look no further than SKU number 77280. You know, every time you shop with them and you spend at least $40 on your purchase, they will give you a cool new mini for free. And this miniature of the month is always something new. And if you're wondering how you can enjoy the benefits from my sponsor, if you visit my website, you can find a link for our sponsorship and use my referral code link when you shop to help support Sidekicks and SideQuests and get you some savings. By clicking that link on my website, it helps to track the traffic that our show directs towards Reaper Miniatures. The more traffic, the more that our Texas powers will be able to combine. So again, go check the link out on my website in order to use my special referral code, and be sure to follow Reaper Miniatures on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, and YouTube. And be sure to sign up for ReaperCon 2021 and tell them that Sidekicks and SideQuest sent you. So thank you very much to this sponsor, and back to the podcast. As we're setting the scene, so after his last adventure of fighting off some gigantic invasive insects on a poor, humble beekeeper's place, Duncan is traveling not that long, not that far to the next town, and it's very idyllic. It's a town right by the river, and, you know, it's sloped in a valley, and far off in the distance, he can see a mountain, a mountain with a a stream running down, and it's held back by a dam, and, uh, you know, the valley is lush and green, and as he's uh, walking into the nearby town, he spies a number of uh, people and buildings, you know, a bustling town scene. What catches his attention will say is uh, he's walking nearby the river and he sees this grand library structure uh, and he can see that there is this tabaxi woman that perhaps is on the doorway she's like looking around she's pacing yeah she kind of like, looks agitated nervous mm-hmm. okay yeah. and so duncan kind of uh picking up on this is gonna kind of walk over and be like uh excuse me are are you okay are you all right oh um would you say you look like an adventuring sort of person. Yes, I am Duncan, the suicidally brave. No task too big, no quest too small. Suicidally brave. Listen, do you see do you see that dam up there? He'll crane to follow the finger and be like, "Ah, oh, yes. Wow, that's a that's quite an impressive structure up there." So m- my spouse, he he works on that dam and as you can see, we're a little bit more green than is usual for the season, but there's the dam has unfortunately some other creature has come through recently and has caused some damage to that dam and my spouse he's stuck up there right now, but oh no, I don't know if maybe maybe you could help a poor tabaxi woman out who's 
a little too nervous about leaving the library, but and 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 see if you can help repair this damp. There's several benefits. One being my spouse gets to come back, but the other being of course. that my library will not be overrun by water, much less some other parts of the village. But um, I could I could reward you with a book, a rare book, Ooh. um, oh. of of qualities that could. That could help in your adventure. Why, of course, I could, I could do this. This wouldn't, this would be nothing at all. So rescue, rescue a spouse and repair a dam. That'll be all in a day's work. Not a problem. Oh, that's, that's so good to hear. And she'll just kind of come up and I don't even want to say hug, but just, I don't know, something almost just touching him on the shoulder, like dusting something off of his shoulder or, or something of that sort. Yeah. Just kind of like of an odd kind of motion okay. for somebody to do to a complete stranger. Sure. So Duncan will kind of like, just kind of like hold his hands up and just kind of let it happen. Cause in his mind, he's thinking like, oh, this is just like how some house cats behave. But he just kind of like, he doesn't say it out loud because he doesn't want to be rude and racist. Uh, but he'll say, uh, all right, uh, I don't believe I, I caught your name, ma'am. Oh, I'm Lima. I'm Lima. And, 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 and sorry, as she, like, she'll take kind of a, um, like a big smell of him. And she's like, I'm just, I just, in case, in case something happens and, and God knows I don't want anything to happen to you. (laughs) 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 But please, please try to save my husband if, if you can. I'd, I'd greatly appreciate it. Of course. What's your husband's name? Felix. Felix. All right. Mm. I will be on the lookout for Felix, and we're going to fix that dam. He's not a tabaxi, so don't don't look for somebody like me. Um, he's he's kind of a broad-shouldered man and, and just wonderful. Just look for somebody wonderful. I can do that. And Duncan will begin to make his trek out of the town and up towards the dam. <laughs> All right. Well, now as we're getting into the last part of the show, what'd you think of uh, this experience of uh, getting to create Lima? Oh, great, great. Yeah, I I love creating characters and trying to, you know, I think everybody needs to have like a good personality. And I'm always big about people having faults because Mm. or fears because that really adds some depth. And I think what you're trying to do with the podcast and helping people have these NPC cares is actually a really great thing. I think it's very, very clever. Thank you. I uh, yeah. Definitely not to toot my own horn, but I was like, <laughs> I need to, I want to do something D&D, but I also like talking to people. So yeah. I, I narrowed on this niche thing and, you know, time will tell if it succeeds or not. But certainly I'd like to think that somewhere out there, there's a Lima or, you know, there's a Duncan running around <laughs> in their game. And they're like, oh yeah, I listened to this podcast and this is where I came up or I shamelessly borrowed and stole this idea for, which well, I, I encourage. Mean, I may have to borrow and steal for my campaigns <laughs> yeah i would be totally happy if lima showed up in one of your games and then you could go to our reddit or wherever and kind of write out a story of like oh so my characters met lima and this is what they thought yeah she's she's cute and i <laughs> the i'm trying to give trying to give like the extra personality but building off of references is always good for npcs true i believe but yeah. <laughs> From the time of this recording is actually, you know, not that far off is when I recorded the Han Solo type 
NPC. If you hadn't <laughs> listened to that episode yet, I encourage it. It's my own stab at what Han Solo and his first mate bugbear Nash Shark would be oh, like. So. Okay. Yeah, I'll have to go listen to it. I was quite proud of writing up that little story. I thought it was really cool, and I got to do a couple <laughs> different voices. So, you know, maybe there's a voice acting career for me yet. <laughs> hey, record some audio, send it out. You never know. You never know. Very true. Well, as we're here in our final thoughts, I definitely want to thank you for your time for being on the show and for the words yeah. of encouragement for me. But I want to give the soapbox to you and let you talk about any projects you've got going on, anything that oh. we need to be made aware of, and where can we find you on the interwebs <laughs> and all that good stuff. Um, so the thing that I'm doing the most right now because of the staying at home and working remotely and everything that's going on right now in the world. Um, the only thing that I'm actively doing at the moment still is my podcast, which is Infinite Ultra. Mm -hmm. Anybody can listen on your favorite podcast catcher. Um, we're also available on Castos, and you can go to infiniteultra.zone and listen to the episodes there. We started it off of this um, old-time RPG called Silver Age Sentinels, mm -hmm. and all of us read through the book and it was these insane roles that none of us understood and you only play with 2d10s which is kind of mind-boggling mm -hmm. so we've kind of had to adjust the game to kind of to make more sense to us in this day and age um because it was kind of it was getting it was really cumbersome the first couple episodes i'll say that just <laughs> it took us a couple episodes to kind of get used to how this worked and kind of shift it to what would work best for us and to not be so um clunky for the listeners mm -hmm. but yeah it's a group of people who weren't expecting to be in a group of superheroes and you know there's different personalities so not everybody gets along so there's a little headbutting here and there but it's been a really fun experience to see to be able to play in a campaign where people are taking the character serious and they're taking the story serious and because you know in a lot of D&D &D campaigns that you play casually like there's a lot of goofing off there's a lot of jokes and laughter and with a podcast there's obviously still jokes and laughter and stuff like that but everybody's being very serious and it's not always just battling giant zombies or extra dimensional oozes but mm -hmm. uh, it, we also have like great character moments where uh, my character who's the youngest in the campaign tends to break down a lot so <laughs> But no, that's my biggest project. Um, and obviously we're on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram all under the infinite ultra nomenclature. So, yeah. Cool. I encourage everyone to go check it out because Please. Kia's character is a doodler. So she oh. like just draws stuff and it comes to life and she's used it very well in the past. Uh, yeah, it's not a thing in Silver Age Sentinel. So I like worked with our GM to get that approved. But having to come up with like <laughs> random doodles to fit these encounters, that is something I wouldn't, if you told me a year ago, I would have told you no. But I have a notebook that I sit here and I legit doodle things <laughs> because her whole thing is her doodles come to life but she's just a really bad drawer because that's not what she was intending to do with her life and so yeah it's uh, I get questioned a lot about my drawings and what they're actually supposed to be so <laughs> Yeah, we, yeah, come listen. It's amusing situations where tiny flat Godzillas come and squish people. <laughs> yeah. 
Come enjoy. Leave. Let us know what you want to hear next. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. I hope that you're continuing to do well in the time of coronavirus and uh, everything else. And so thank you so much and uh, hope to have you back on soon. Thanks. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sidekicks and Side Quests. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast through Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and Overcast. Or feel free to save the RSS feed to use the app of your choice. Visit our website, sidekicksandsidequests.com, for links, write-ups of the NPCs, and to learn more about the show and the guests who have been on it. To stay up to date and interact via social media, you can follow the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Reddit by searching for Side KQ Podcast. I would love to talk D&D and showcase your fan art stories of how you used our NPCs, discussions, and commentary. If you would like to hail the bod, send an email to sidekicksandsidequests at gmail.com. To help this show be the resource it's meant to be, I ask that you please leave a review on iTunes to help spread the word and share our show with your friends and family. Whether you're a veteran player or an aspiring dungeon master, there's something here for everyone, and I want to hear about it. Sidekicks and Sidequests is unofficial fan content permitted under the fan content policy, meaning I'm not approved or endorsed by Wizards. Portions of the materials used are property of Wizards of the Coast, copyright Wizards of the Coast, LLC. Thank you for your support, and I'll see you at the pub next time. Bar to rock on one, two, one, two, three, four!